Wayne, been a lot of opinions on Amelia's duel this week and uh, her Turak handicap run that wasn't her best and whether there was anything wrong with her blood tests earlier on in the week and certainly a, an eye on her this week. Looks as though she's passed all of those tests and she'll be back with flying colours very soon. Let's ask the man who knows her best, that's Simon Miller, trainer, who's with us on Sports Breakfast. Simon, good morning. Thanks again for your time. Morning, Jacob. Morning, Wayne. You well? Yeah, we are. Um, I reckon you'd be feeling that little bit um, that little bit better now, knowing that uh, your star horse is, um, is A-OK. Um, what, what's given you the green light in there? And what's given you the confidence that she's overcome whatever obstacle it was at the weekend? She's bright and strong in her work, but where I needed to see her sign off that she was back was in the feed bin. So since she's gone to Melbourne, her greatest asset is she hasn't left the scary to feed. And then Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, she was just chipping away at her feed. And then um, Wednesday, she ate her, her night feed pretty, like, completely demolished it. And then it was like, well, if you can eat your breakfast Thursday morning, then we're away. Um, and she smashed it. And she ate up again last night. And so she called, she doled back in again. So I don't, I don't know what what, she, what happened. Like, whether she just got a low-grade bug. Um not sure, but it was a bit frustrating because she was sound and the blood results came back normal, but her mannerisms and what she was doing in the feed bin and, and working around the track weren't of the, weren't of the standard that we were used to. So what what's the program from here on in? Do you have to give her a couple of sort of heavy track works just to make sure before you, 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 not, you accept? Yeah, oh, so what we'll do, Wayne, we'll go to... Um, I'll give her a nice piece of work Tuesday, next week. And if she bounces out of that Wednesday, Thursday in good order, then I know she's completely back in the zone. So she, she is every indication she is right now, but I suppose until I put a bit of fast work into her, um, you know, you'll, you'll paint the picture a lot clearer. But uh, and if she comes through that in good order, then we'll head up to Sydney and roll around in the Eagle. So it, um, I'm probably lucky that it's, three weeks between races and not two because it just gives me that this week just to idle her and trot and can a bit of, bit of a light week for her and, and hold her hand. So we've had a bit of luck from that point of view being three weeks, um, which has probably helped give us the best opportunity to go to an eagle. Simon, this might be a bit silly, but is there such a thing as jet lag for horses? I mean, because we're travelling <laughs> from such a long distance and then you get over there, it's different water and it's... Or I don't know if you take your own food and all that sort of stuff. It's it, it's not the easiest thing to take a horse that distance and, and race. It's not. It, it's tricky, and and you've got to have the right horse and the right staff member to go as well, so they can read the play. But uh, she she settled. She'd been over there for a month. Yeah. Prior, and she'd settled in like sensational from the get go. So it, it, you can't blame that. Um, and all the, even the Mooney Valley run, like, was a track record, and that could have zapped her. Um, externally, you wouldn't have known. She just looks a million dollars. Uh, she was smashing the feed, and she was extremely bright. But then the Saturday at the races, the pre-race uh, mannerisms, I was, I was a bit nervous prior to going to the gates because she had a bee in a bonnet, and that's not her. Uh, so that was... I was but there was a band and the choppers going off, and I just thought it was that, but um, clearly it wasn't. So it was just the start of all her telling us that she's just not right. Does Damien Lane stick with it? Does he go up to Sydney, or you look for a, a local jockey? No, no, he can go to Sydney. He, he rides Sydney, he rides all over yep. the world. Yeah, 
Crofty, yeah, we'll leave him on, buddy. Eh? So um, he's more than happy to go. Just it's a it's a funny one for those Sydney jocks now, isn't it? And Melbourne jocks, like you look at the carnival, yeah. Um, and like say that's Derby Day, so there'll be a few Melbourne jockeys going up for the Eagle, but there'll be a few Sydney jockeys coming down because it's Derby Day. Like it's hilarious <laughs> with the amount of money that's on offer now. The hoops are just going wherever their yards are going. Can I ask you, Simon, as someone who spent so much time over here in Perth, we continue to see this jostling from Melbourne and Sydney for these key races and the money that's around now. How do you actually observe it all now that you're, um, you've seen how it's worked over there and, and this build-up over the next couple of weeks to big races like the Cox Plate, the Golden Eagle and inevitably the Melbourne Cup? Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're racing for huge money because of what Sydney's done in Volandi, so yeah. <laughs> Um, I suppose if you're in Melbourne you don't like him and if you're in Sydney you love him but reality is that money's absolutely through the roof because of, of what he's done and then Melbourne's had to sort of pick up the slack and, and chase a bit you know and add, add a bit um, otherwise everyone lobbed in the Sydney for the carnival so um, but even just strategic things where you know that that race is now on Derby Day so it probably makes it a bit tougher for the, the Eagle horses if they want to come back down for the final day because you've got to back up a week later and travel back down the, the freeway. So look, everybody in racing would love it. every state to all get along and, and you know have a nice free-flowing carnival that can promote each other's. But um, reality is that, that that that'll probably never happen. Uh, it, and it, hence the reason they strategically place races accordingly. Is it attracting a, a different crowd, a younger crowd? I mean, I, I believe at Ascot last week that was pretty good and, you know, at the younger crowd, but we've seen in Melbourne, you know, the young suits and the people singing at the Everest and things like that. Is it, is it created a different atmosphere, different, uh, well, demographic, I suppose? Yeah, I, I think the, the Everest has been great for the game. Like it, I mean, you only got to look at the scenes prior to, um, to the race, like it's, and it's just... It's jam-packed, it's young people, like, they've tapped into that market for that day, and, and you know, if you get repeat business through even just a third of them moving forward for the next couple of weeks, then, then you've done your job. Um, but what, what does it do for the game? Well, it, it probably promotes, you know, people see that in Melbourne and go, oh, we're going to go on the races, so they turn up uh, and have a look at Melbourne. Um, it's spring carnival time, your, your crowd's always going to be pretty strong, but if you can just tap into that younger generation, absolutely no doubt it'll help. And, uh, you know, maybe Amelia's Jewel might help promote the WA racing at the moment and, and get some more people through the turnstiles here because that that's every uh, challenge in every state is to ha- how do we get new blood? That's the hardest thing. Um, but with, with, you know, the likes of the Everest and, and the music going, um, it can only help. We're chatting to Simon Miller, a star a racehorse, Amelia's Jewel, looks to have recovered and uh, setting her sights uh, on the Golden Eagle up in Sydney uh, in early November. So n- no more races for Amelia's Jewel between now and then, that that'll be the next assignment uh, with such a big race and so much at stake, Simon, on the 4th? Yeah, that's it. So, And she's already fit, so we don't have to reinvent the wheel or, or play catch-up. So even if we were to go to the Eagle uh, without a setback, she was going to just have an easy week anyway, so... Uh, the timing's perfect, so she'll just try and count a nice gallop next week, then we'll give her another nice piece of work the, the week after, and then we, we'll be good to go. Simon, you've also nominated her for a couple of big races here uh, in Perth, uh, the Winterbottom Stakes and the Damien Oliver Gold Rush, which will be a very special day on the WA racing calendar 
in December. Um, it's still the, I mean, you've nominated her, so I'm sure all the uh, anticipation is that she'll be there and featuring in those two big races back at home. Yeah, possibly. Uh, I only did that as insurance because I still didn't know where I was at with her over there at the time. The nominations closed on the Monday. Um, so it was basically, if, if we're not sort of racing in Melbourne, uh, and she's just a little bit off. We'll get her home and have a look at her, and we can use that as a bit of a, a fallback. Um, but you just never know. Like she might go to the Eagle, bounce out of it, be bright, and then you bring her home, and she's feeling a million dollars. Well, you could entertain the idea of it. But uh, and I know Pete always loves to showcase his horses back home. Like he loves, like you know, he'd love nothing more than to watch her go around again at, at Ascot. But um, we'll just get through the Golden Eagle, and then and then see how she is and, and come up with their next plan. All right, tomorrow at Ascot, you've got four runners there, I think. The old Valor Road, I think last time we spoke to you, you gave instructions that it walked past on air. Um, <laughs> how, how's he going? Multitask. Men can multitask. Yeah. Go, <laughs> Very <laughs> much so. Yeah, they reckon we can't, but we can, really. That's Exhibit 1A. Um, he's, I'm, I'm in awe of this guy, like, he won a Karakata, he won a Magic Man to the Karakata his first two starts, and I think he's eight, and he's still boxing away like he's a two-year-old, so uh, he looks really good, it's a suitable race, he gets a set weight penalties, he gets in really well, uh, he's working equally as good as what he was when he won, So he, and he, he'll get a lovely run in transit, he's got to be a great champ in this race. All right, you've got Melka, Pinda, Above the Peg and Generosity, can we get a little bit of cash from those? Yeah, Generosity's a really good filly. She'll win a nice race over the carnival. Uh, just depends which way we play her, but she's a beauty, so you can play her. Melkar Pindari strung two together since we put the blinkers on, and that has been... She's always had the ability, but now that's completely um, sort of shaped her into what she's doing now, and I think she's a huge chance in that race. And above the peak, uh, he sprints well fresh uh, all the time, and so he's a terrific chance. Um, in his race as well, so we've got four in, and, and all four will be will be right there. Tom, do you get across to Melbourne next week to to sort of uh, oversee what's happening? Yeah, absolutely. I'll do a little mad dash. Um, I'll get through Saturday's races here, and I'll probably just duck out, watch her gallop Tuesday, and, and just keep it on a Wednesday, Thursday, and then come home because I've got a heap of runners here uh, on the Saturday as well. So it's a bit of uh, a bit of a juggling act at the moment, but. Absolutely. Hey, Simon, in closing, I heard you on uh, RSN in Melbourne Racing Sports Network uh, early on in the week chatting about Amelia's Jewel when there was a bit of uncertainty and uh, the uh, the host was saying, oh, gee, it must be early over there in Perth. He said, oh, yeah, it's 4.30. I'm normally up at this time of the morning anyway. Can I ask you, what, what time does the day start for a, a, a trainer like yourself? What time does the day start? 3.30 every day. So the alarm goes off and I'm at work by 4. And then uh, we just go through our little regime. So someone will check all the weight, someone will check all the legs. Uh, someone will do the, me the medical treatment that's required. And, and then meanwhile, my riders are getting ready to ride out on the first. So they'll probably ride out on their first lot at quarter past 4. And then from there, it just flows all morning. We, you know, we finish working the last horse around 7.30. And then we'll go back and groom them all for an hour and any vet work that's required, we'll, we'll do that or farrier work and then we'll get ready to go to the races if it's race day. So it's, um, it can be full on some days and other days it, it can be um, nice and easy when you don't have uh, runners. It's a great job.
it's it's good fun. Like you gotta, you know, there's ho- the highs are high and the lows are low, and, and sports cruel, but that 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 life, you know, it's it's a, it's a great job. It is, it is, and uh, early starts, uh, we, we feel you, Breakfast Radio, we're also up nice and early, but we don't hold a candle to 3.30. Uh, Simon, thanks for your time, greatly appreciate it, nice to hear that Amelia's Jewel is back up, fit and firing and, and eating well, and looking forward to seeing her up there in Sydney very soon. Thanks for your time. Yeah. My pleasure, thanks Jacob, thanks Wayne. You've got to remember those early starts, it's got to be a positive, you've got to find a positive in life. Yes, a positive absolutely. Is, you, you, you get a good run in the work every day. There's no traffic. Oh, that's spot on. <laughs> and you also finish nice and early too. Uh, enjoy the weekend, Simon. Uh, thank you. Have a great weekend. That's Simon Miller with us this morning here on Sport FM. Leading horse trainer here in WA.